Welcome. Thank you for joining us. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Kitavo, Kisavo. Before we get into the Parsha, I would like to, though, start this week's, the, tonight's shir, with a, um, with a question, a different question. If you look in the Siddur, in the, in the davening tefillah that we say every day, there is one common reoccurrence. Every tefillah, every time we daven. And that is the last prayer, or the second to last prayer, is always Aleinu. Aleinu l'shabeach la'adonah kol. Let us, it is on us, Aleinu, on us, l'shabeach, to praise la'adonah kol, to the Master of all. And it goes on, praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, talking about our responsibility to recognize Hashem's greatness and to praise Him for it. Uh, my question is, though, if you look in the Machzor for Yom Kippur of Rosh Hashanah, if you look in the Machzor, you'll see that Aleinu is again repeated, this time in the middle of Shemona Esrei. So a little while ago, the principal of my old school, he got up and he said, he said that before Rosh Hashanah, you're supposed to take something upon yourself. You're supposed to take a, um, a Kabbalah, something upon yourself to do better. He said, pick a small one. And he shared with the boys... He said that his small Kabbalah was to say Aleinu with more Kavanah, to think about what the words that he is saying. He said that if, sh- if the Chazal, the rabbis, thought that it was important enough to put it in at Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Davening, then uh, in the tefillah of the Chazar Sashatz, when the, when the Chazan re- repeats it also in Arshmona Esrei too, it's there, um, then, it is, then it is important also for me to say it when I say it every day. But I have another question. Why do we say it so many times? It's on us to praise. Okay, we got it. We said it once, twice, three times. Yom Kippur, Shoshana, five, almost five times if you count. The, 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 the Yom Kippur could be six times. What, what's going on over here? Why, why the, the repetition? And what's the importance? There has to be something important about it if we say it so many times. And it's at the end of the davening, it's at the end of the tefillah. So, I want to put that question aside for one second. And I want to talk about a topic that everyone is talking about now of a week before, around a week, a little bit more, before Rosh Hashanah. The topic is tshuva. Returning, going back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, returning to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You did Avera, you, 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 and you, you do tshuva, you say, I really didn't mean it. You, but how do I do tshuva? Return, right? Hashev, to return. But how do I do that? So the Shire Tshuva, Sefer written many years ago, the Shire Tshuva details for us many different steps that we should take in order to do Tshuva. But the, I'm not going to go into all the steps, but I'll tell you the first two. The first step, he says, is Charata. Charata. You have to have, you have to feel bad for what you did. I did Avera, I ate, you know, I ate pork, and I feel really bad. You know, I know the Torah tells us not to do it. You know, I feel bad. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, put on tefillin, you know, or I, uh, I did a different avera, whatever I did. I feel bad, you know. I feel bad. And then the second one is aziva tachet. Aziva tachet. To say, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. This avera is a bad avera. I, I, it's number one, to feel bad. Number two, to say I won't do it. To, to make, why am I doing this? To, to say I'm not going to do it. 
he does say it depends on who is the sinner. If it's a repeat sinner that does it over and over and over and over again, unfortunately, then first comes as if it's a chase, first he needs to stop, and then he needs to have charata. But in regular sins, first comes charata, and then comes as if it's a chate. And then he goes through a, different, a few other, other steps, busha and sar, and, but I, I want to ask a question. And I'm going to be very bold to say that there's a step that's missing. Now, chas v'shalom, I don't mean that the shari tshuva is wrong. What I mean is that the shari tshuva assumes that before you even open his sefer to figure out how to do tshuva, how to, to return to Hashem if you did a sin, he knows that you have this, this step is already filled. This box already checked. Now, what am I talking about? Well, this week's parsha. So what's the missing step? The missing step of tshuva. Well, I wouldn't call it the missing step. I would call it the, the key to the ignition to start the car. If you don't have it, you're not going to do tshuva. So what is it? So in this week's parsha, it talks about kitavo, kisavo. It talks about bikurim, the mitzvah of the first fruits. Now, if you live in Eretz Yisrael, you would know there's seven minim, shivas minim in Eretz Yisrael that are special to Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah tells us those seven minim, you have to take them and you have to bring bikurim, the first crops, the first fruits that grow from that harvest, you have to bring it to the Beis Amigdash. And the Torah goes on, this week's parsha talks about um, you have to take it, you have to put it in a basket, and you have to, the farmer, imagine the farmer standing there with this big basket full of different fruits and grains, and he's waving it, he has to, to hold it, and he has to say a whole pesukim, a bunch of pesukim that is written on the wall. They, they write it on the wall in the time of the base. I mean, just to have it there, big plaque, it's this a card, you know. And, and you, you say, what, what do you say? What are we supposed to say? Well, I'm going to skip around and not read the whole thing. But I, I want to read for you one, one little um, passage. It says, Vanisa, you say in front of Hashem, Arami Oved Avi, Arami Oved, I guess the word Oved is lost, it could be made, Oved Avi, he basically, I guess he killed or he destroyed or made lost my father. Vayered Mitzrayim, and he went down to Mitzrayim, and my father went down to Mitzrayim, and he lived there, and he made a very good nation, and then Hashem took them out. Okay. Now, I want to focus on the first, the first two words. Arami Oved, Avi. Three words, sorry. Who was Arami? And who did he kill? Who, who's Avi? Obviously, Avi, I'm assuming it's referring to one of the patriarchs. Right? One of the Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, one of them. And who's Arami? So it says Rashi, who is Rami? Arami is Lavan Arasha. Lavan, you remember from Parshish Barashish, we have the story of Lavan. He was the, he was the father-in-law of Yaakov, of the, mother, the father of Rachel Imenu and, and Leah Imenu, the grandfather of the Shvatim, and he sought to destroy Yaakov, or he destroyed, the Pasuk says, destroy, he destroyed Yaakov. But one second, what is going on over here? Rashi is bothered by a question. What? He didn't kill Yaakov, he didn't destroy Yaakov. And if you look at the Haggadah Shal Pesach, Pesach, it says that he, he wanted to. Bikesh. But did he? Did he do it? He didn't. So why does the Torah say Oved? 
If you look, you remember the story? The story is that he chased after Yaakov and then he ended up not doing it. He didn't hurt Yaakov. Yaakov was good. Yaakov alive. Alive and well. Baruch Hashem. Yaakov is alive. We're all here now. So, but what? what? The Torah says Oved? Mazah Oved. Mazah. What is this? Not Oved. Bikesh Oved. He wanted to destroy. Bikesh Laharag. Ma Oved. What's this Oved? And Rashi explains beautifully. Rashi says, Uveshvil Shachishvev Lasos. Since he wanted to do it, the Torah, Hashem, considers it as if he did it. He wanted to do it, and therefore he's credited as if he did it. I looked it up, I saw this Rashi, and I was like, wow, this is intense, this is very scary. So I looked up the Gemara in Kedushin, and the Gemara says as follows. The Gemara says that when a Jew, a Yid, does a mitzvah, it is considered machshava kimaisa. The thought of wanting to do the mitzvah is like you actually did it. But says the Gemara, no. When you do an avera, a sin, machshava lo kimaisa. A sin is not considered like you actually did it. What do you mean? Didn't Rashi just tell us that a sin... It's considered, if you have a thought of a sin, it's like you did it. So what's going on over here? So the commentaries explain the follows. That when the Torah is talking, it's talking about Lavan. When the Gemara is talking about it, it's talking Am Yisrael. When Am Yisrael does an Avera, Hashem try, turns a blind, he doesn't, does an Avera, then they do an Avera. He can't turn a blind eye. You know, you, you did something, you did something. But a Machshava? No, I'm not going to count that. A thought? I'm not going to count. Why? It seems kind of weird. But a mitzvah, if you do a good deed, if you want to do a good deed, it's as if you did it. Imagine. Imagine. You know, my, I was a, a bachur, a, a boy is sleeping, is sleeping, it's 10 o'clock, the father knocks on the door, hey, uncle, why, what are you sleeping for? Oh, Abba, I wanted to go to shul. So it's counted as if I did, stop bothering me, I'm going back to sleep. And I want to do all the mitzvahs, and I want to wear tzitzis, and I want to do this, but yeah, I'm going back to sleep. <laughs> you know, but that's not what really happens. It sounds like there's an idea that if somebody really tries to do a mitzvah but it doesn't happen, then he's counted as if he did a mitzvah or if he even thought that he wanted to do it, that he really wanted to do it and it didn't end up happening, he gets credit. But not by Avera. Why? So I want to give you the, give you the following mushal, the following um, story. A factory owner comes in. He comes into his um, factory. And he goes to his assistant, and they're, they're standing in a, their factories on the bottom floor. They're in a window that oversees all the workers. And this is a very benevolent, benevolent very sweet, nice uh, owner, and he cares about his employees. So he spends about 10 minutes on each employee with the assistant talking about how the employee is doing, if he's doing the right work, what he needs to succeed, what they can help him with, and... You know, does he need more money? Let's maybe give him a raise. And they spoke, speak about every single employee. Finally, they come to the last employee. For this sake, for this story, we'll call him Wilmer. Wilmer. And the employee goes, the assistant's talking to him and seeing that the boss is spending way too much time on Wilmer, asking too many questions. It takes 10 minutes, 15 minutes, a half an hour, just about one employee. The assistant's baffled. He walks out of the room. He goes to the secretary. He says, secretary, 
says, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Johnson, why is the boss spending so much time on this woman? She looks at him and he goes, really? You didn't know? That, that um, Wilmer is his son. So that makes a lot of sense. Same thing with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. When he looks at this world, when he looks at us and what we do and, what, and how we, we work, he looks at the world and he sees the Yehudim, he sees the Jews, and he says, Ah, Banim Atem Hashem We are his children. And when he looks at us, I want to I wanna help them get credit. I want to bring them up. He, want, he thought he wanted to do it. He really wanted to do the mitzvah. Ah, he didn't do it. Okay, let's give him credit. But, 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 he, but he didn't do it. So I'm not going to count it towards him. Levan didn't get the same, uh, same treatment. Levan is as if he did the Avera, as if he destroyed Yaakov. But us, if you think you want to do a mitzvah, Hashem says, oh, he wanted to do it. He wants to do my mitzvahs. Ah, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Now, obviously Hashem's not saying Baruch Hashem, but Kaviyachal, he's saying, okay, great. Let's give him credit. He didn't, he did, the Avera, did he do it or not? No, he didn't do it. So he didn't do the sin. Ah, he wanted to, but he didn't, right? He didn't. So we're not going to give him credit for that. It's a relation, it's a different relationship. Different relationship. Now, there's a safer out there called Sheva Yipal Tzadik that I was given when I was a young boy, a Bachur in Yeshiva. And in his, um, in his beginning, his introduction, he says something that stayed with me for a very long time when I read this many, many years ago. He says, and I'll paraphrase, I'll read a little bit, he says the follows. He says, you have to realize that when you're thinking about our relationship with Hashem, Hashem is Barach who tovu He's good to everyone. When he gave us the Torah, it was only for our good. I'm skipping a few lines. He wants to see us do good. He wants to, 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 to us to work, to us to gain. He knows that the best thing for us is to go through whatever we're going through. You're going through a tsar going through something hard, a painful time. And you go, oh, Hashem doesn't like me. Look what He's giving me. No, 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 no. You're missing it. I heard the following story to explain this whole, whole concept. The, whole, the following story is as, as follows. There was a physical therapist working in a hospital. And she met this man. This man was, um, he was in the war and he, in the army, and he got shot in the back. And he lost his use of his two feet. And he was sitting in a hospital room and, and, you know, he thought, I'll never walk again. And she took it upon herself to, to push him every day to do physical therapy, to do stretchings, to do exercises. And slowly but slowly, slowly, he was able, slowly but surely, he was able to get his, 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 um, his movement in his feet through the exercise, through the building of a muscle. And now today he walks. But they asked him, they asked him, what, how was it, this, this exercise? He said it was the hardest time in his life. And every day he almost gave up. It was because she pushed him. She pushed him, go, go, take another step, take another step, take another step. Let's go, you could do it, you could do it. And every step, he said, was pain, beyond pain, you could possibly imagine. But he pushed himself through it. And now look, he's walking. 
Kaddish Baruch Hu wants to see us walk. He doesn't want us to use crutches our whole lives. And in order for us to go through that, what we need to go through, we need to go through the Nisayon, even though we don't understand what we need to go but we need to go through. And Hashem is sitting in the background, cheering us on, saying, you can do it. That is the relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. He wants us to succeed. Now, if you have that attitude, He wants us to succeed, and He's there helping us, He wants us, He's a banim, we're His children. Then tshuva, then you could start doing tshuva. Then you could start feeling bad. Then you could start throwing off the yoke of the Avera and not doing it anymore. But first, but foremost, I think this is, before you even open the Shari Tshuva, you have to understand that who are you dealing with. You are not dealing with someone who is counting every Averos and making sure that you're failing. You're counting with someone who wants you to succeed, that wants to see you walk again, who wants to see you do well. In the next world, we don't understand what's going to happen in the next world. I, I don't know. I never, Baruch Hashem, I don't know. But I do know that it's good. It's all good. The, tovet, the Chazal tell us it's good. And therefore, we work what we go through in our lives today. And if we have that attitude that Hashem is, is there to hurt us, then how can you do tshuva if you think Hashem is there to hurt us? But if the attitude is He loves us, cares about us, and He wants to do well, then, oh wow, then I'm able to help, then I'm able to do good. I saw students through my history of teaching that sometimes when they feel that they have teachers that don't care about them, and even if they give them simple work, my teacher doesn't care about me. I'm not willing to work. My teacher's caring about me. Then I'll do whatever I need. I have a student. I, have, I had a student who was having a very hard time reading Gemara, learning Gemara. And you know what? I showed him that I cared. And I did care. I, I still do care. And, and, and he pushed himself. And he did it. And he tried harder. And he tried harder. And he tried harder. And you know what? He did it. He got there. He was able to do it. Because he, he knew I cared. And I did. I do care. I still do care. And that is the relationship that we have with Hashem. He cares. And if we view Him as our cheerleader, I, I think, you know, if we could learn something from, from this, that that is my, my secret step. Before you even start Kharatar, Zibzachet, or anything else, first thing needs to be, who am I doing tshuva to? Or who am I doing tshuva to? Who am I, tshuva means to return. Who am I returning to? Am I returning to someone holding a bat and the minute I get there I'm going to smack in the head or am I returning to someone who is open arms who wants me to shoot, wants me to return? Okay. So with that, I want to go back to my original question. Aleinu. Why do we say Aleinu? So many times. So, I want to, um, to answer this question besides what we talked about. I want to go to the end of the Parsha. The end of the Parsha says as follows. After Moshe speaks to the Israel and he goes through all the things that happened in, in, in um, he goes through the different, they took him out of Mitzrayim and brought him to the Midbar and took care of him. Hashem took care of their clothing and took care of their shoes and made sure that they didn't have to worry about anything and they gave him food and they took care of them. And then the Torah says, Yishmartem es divrei habris, and you should watch. The last pasuk of Kisavo, you should watch this, these covenant, the mitzvot I'm telling you to do. That you shall have success in everything that you do. Sounds good, right? Very simple. However, this kuskuni, 
The Chizkuni says a little different. The Chizkuni says that why should you shmart them? Why should you keep the mitzvot? Achar, all the good after, all the good that I've done to you, and you'll recognize all the good, you'll realize, hey, look what Hashem does for me, then you will be able to do all the mitzvot. Then you will be able, if you have this focus on what Hashem does for us. And that is, I think, what Aleinu is. Aleinu, it is on us, with the realization that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there, Hashem is there on our side. Hashem is there to help us, Hashem is there to do good for us. Then Aleinu L'Shabeach, it's on us to L'Shabeach, it's us to praise. Says, no one else could do it because no one has this realization of our relationship and this relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Whereas children, then Aleinu, it's on us. To praise Hashem. Changes what the tefillah means. Because we're the only ones that have this understanding. Because they go and serve other, they go serve other, other ideals. They focus on other things in their lives. They dive into someone who doesn't answer his tefillahs. But we bow, we pray. I mean, we bow, we bow, and we fall. This name Melach Malcheham Lachim Hakadosh Baruch Hu to Hashem. Aleinu. Once we have this realization of what we are, of who we are, what our relationship is with Hashem, then we have a tremendous, uh, tremendous need, <laughs> tremendous um, responsibility. The Shabbat Lachanako to praise to the Master of all. But we're the only ones that if we can only have this um, responsibility once you understand who you're talking to. I was giving this share, actually last night, I gave a share um, in, in the community where I live. And somebody, the same, similar idea, we're talking about it, and somebody asked me, hey, Zerabi Teichman, I, I, I want to know, what, so why do we say it at the end? Why not in the beginning? And it's a great question. Why do we say Aleinu at the end, not the beginning? And I was thinking about it. And I think, you know, I, I've heard other answers, but using this, um, what we've talked about so far today, tonight, I think we could say as follows. Because when you leave the table, when you, when you leave a friend's house, right, you go to eat by someone for Shabbat meal, and obviously when you come in, you say thank you. During the meal, you praise the food. Oh, that was so good. You know, my friends and I, it's very funny, uh, we, 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 I went to a yeshiva in L.A. with a bunch of friends, and we, we used to go to people's houses to eat the meal a lot. And we're sitting by uh, somebody's house, and it became like almost a game to come up with the best compliments to people's food. So one of my friends, uh, you know, he, was, he, was, he, he didn't really know English so well, and he came up with a great compliment. You know, someone brought the food, we're using different fancy words, and he goes, oh, I think it was chicken. He goes, I abhor your chicken. Now, it doesn't... <laughs> it's not, chicken, I abhor your chicken, which means I don't like it so much. It's terrible. Uh, he thought it was a compliment. We're all sitting there laughing. Not really, he's not really sure what he said wrong. Uh, but, but seriously, when you go to someone's house and you go and you, and you, th- you thank them for, for what they... During the meal, every course, if you're a good, you know, good guest, you go, oh, thank you so much. 
they bring out the chicken soup. You say, the chicken soup, they bring out the jachnun, or whatever you're eating, you say, oh, this is fantastic. You know, you don't go, oh, my mother makes better. And you know, you say, my mother probably does make better. But you don't say that. Instead, you say, thank you. At the end of the meal, though, why do you say thank you again? So, because when you end it, when the last contact you're going to have with someone, you have to re- revisit the whole meal. The thank you is on the whole meal. So I think, Alenu, even though we dive and we say so many tefillos, so many beautiful tefillos, but at the end we have to stop and remember again before we leave tefillah, who are we talking about and what our, and what our responsibility is. We're talking to the Melech Malchim Lachim who wants us to succeed, who wants us to do well, who every single challenge that we have is there for us to overcome and do well. And then, and only then, the Shabbat Ladon HaKol, then we could really praise Him and thank you for being on our side and being with us at all times. And when we have the end of the tefillah, end of davening, after we said all the praises and we asked for what we need, then we have to revisit the beginning, the first, the first idea. What our relationship is. With that, I wish you a good Shabbat. Shabbat Shalom. And we will see you next week.